Yes. What it do, baby? <laughs> we are here. Yeah. Hi, guys. How are you doing? I hope. Wonderful Thursday evening. Wonderful Thursday evening. Y'all pray for all of us. You know, we reside in Houston, Texas, and we're praying that no storm will have its way. Yes, because he's tracking it, y'all. Yeah, 2020 just doing 2020. You know? <laughs> and I, I saw I saw a, a meme that uh, 2020 is going to now be like the equivalent of crazy, like the word crazy. So don't make me 2020. Of, right. Like, <laughs> that, like, bro, that was so 2020. Hey, like, that don't, was so crazy. <laughs> don't make me do it. Right. Um, Lord, help I, us all. Yes. So uh, we, we have something that is going to be very, very good for you all tonight. Yeah, I um, think so, too. Yeah. I, I, I had to get the misses before we kind of... Uh, I know. Back again, right? Like, what's, what's going on? I'm like, you must yeah. really like me. But before, stop it, stop it. Where two or three are gathered, ha! There's on Sunday. I want to do a message called wifey material, but it's not speaking mm. of the context of what you think. It's we're supposed to be the church. Right. But before we go there, there is a needed conversation that we gotta have. Right. And so we're gonna have that on tonight. So we want to get to work. Yes. Go ahead and share this. Let somebody know, hey, uh, the Try Me series is continuing. Yes. They together. Jerry and Tanisha are here yes. as spokesmen for the kingdom of heaven. You know I like to pray it. PA system of heaven, the soundtrack of heaven, and we believe we have a word. Amen. It's going to get uncomfortable in some spots, um, but it's just necessary. Yeah. You know, we're not afraid to touch the, uh, touchy, subjects. the touchy subjects that most people don't want to touch. Yes, we're not trying to be liked. We're trying to be Amen. Praise the Lord. So, yeah. Um, if you would turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14. Four. Acts chapter 4. Excuse me. Thank you. Acts chapter 4. We're going to read verses 13 through 20. Acts chapter 4, verses 13 through 20. It says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go outside of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. What type of outlook is that? They're trying to figure out, we can't do nothing about it. What are we going to do? Right. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. So they called them and commanded them to not speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you or to listen to to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Our clause of concern and where we're going to have a good time on tonight takes residence in verse 20. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen 
and heard. Father, we thank you for allowing us to come together and crack open the text. Help us, oh God, to be your instruments, to be your spokesmen, to be your representatives, to give a now word. And we're praying that it will touch the hearts of your people. We're asking that you do it. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody who agrees with that prayer, would you drop the comment in the room? Amen. 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 Here we go. For we cannot, we cannot but speak. Peter and John were saying, listen, we can't help it. I understand that you don't like it. I understand that you're not in agreeing, agreement with it. But we can't help but to tell everybody about what Jesus has done for us. Yes, yes. And see, this, this text is so powerful. It says something in verse 13 I want us to consider. It says, they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Y'all ready for this? When people look at your life, when they take note, where are they going to take note that you've been? Yes, that's good. That's good. <laughs> they can take note that they have been with Jesus. Yeah. When people look at us, I know they can take note that we've been to the club. They can take note that we have anger issues. Wow. They can take note that we like being faded. They can take note that we like sipping on a little gin and juice. They can take notes of all those things. But can they take notes that we've been with Jesus? Wow. If you're the only Bible somebody ever reads, what version are they getting when they look at your life? Wow. Oh, yeah, we coming. This is the yeah. intro. We coming like this. Do they get the King James version? The international ratchet version? The God ain't through with me yet version? The I love Jesus, but I still do my thing version? The, what the version? don't judge me version. The don't judge don't me judge version. Don't judge me version. Judge yourself. Judge your mama version. Miss me with all that. Now, listen, we have to understand this, and we just felt the need to talk about this on tonight. We would like to speak around this thought from this subject. Never apologize for having standards. Yes. Yeah. Never apologize for having standards. And right. we're not going the direction that you think. Right. I see right here in this text that Peter and John are saying, listen, we're going to stand for this. Yeah. Now, listen, before we can say, okay, I have this standard, it's really not a standard if you don't suffer for it. Yes. Did y'all hear what I just said? Ooh. If you're not willing to suffer for it, it's not a standard, but yet a suggestion. Yeah. Some of us think we have standards, but we really have suggestions. Yes. <laughs> See, good. listen, you got to understand that the whole purpose and the objective of the enemy is to try to do everything he can to make us miss that life. Right. That's good. He doesn't care if we have a life. Mm -hmm. He just doesn't want us to have that life. Right. We're no threat to him if we have a life. We only become a threat to him once we have that life. Right, right, the right. devil doesn't care if you have a life. He just starts to care if you have that life. Yeah. And if you're watching, you're probably like, okay, Jerry and Tanisha, what are you talking about? That life, this life, yeah. everybody. What are you talking about? I'm, I'm glad you asked. Yeah. The enemy doesn't care if you have a life. Yeah. He just doesn't want you to have that life. And what is that life? Kingdom life. Right. Kingdom life, life the king's way. Right. Heaven is trying to do everything it can to get us to understand that we are called to be kingdom citizens. Right. And the enemy's trying to do everything he can to never get us to walk in that calling. Right. Because he knows once you recognize your call, you will live like an answer. Yes. See, when you have that kingdom life, to the best of your capability, you're walking around in your right mind and you know who you are and whose you are. Yes. That's kingdom. Yes. Kingdom life is when hell fights you, but heaven follows you. Yes. That's kingdom. Somebody say kingdom. Kingdom. 
kingdom life is when you understand that guilt and shame can't grab me. It could try. I'm not saying be perfect, but when you're kingdom, you are being perfected. Yes, yes, yes. Guilt and shame can no longer grab me. I'm held by power and anointing. Because yes. when you have oil on your life, you become slippery. Yes. Certain things can't hold you. You become slippery. Can we go a little deeper? Yeah. Fleas and ticks will get in the ears of the sheep and it will kill them. So what shepherds would do is they would pour some oil on them so that when the fleas and ticks try to get in their ears, some of us don't even recognize there's some things that are trying to get in your ear that's killing you. Yeah. The good shepherd says if I put some anointing on them, Ooh. if I make them slippery, anxiety may try to grab you, but it can't hold you because that's you're good. too oily. Depression may try to grab you, but it can't hold you because you're too oily. Right. Doubt may try to grab you, but it can't hold you because you're too oily. That's kingdom. Yeah. Kingdom life is when you walk around and you recognize that no weapon, I feel happy up in here, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That does not mean that weapons won't form. It just means that they won't prosper. Yes. What we have to do is to make sure that we're not the weapon formed against ourselves, keeping ourselves from prospering. Kingdom. Somebody say kingdom. Kingdom. Kingdom life is through you, when your prayer and your fasting confuses hell because you're opening doors that the enemy thought he had bolted. <laughs> Kingdom life. You're opening doors that the enemy thought he had bolted. Opening doors that he thought he had barricaded. When you're kingdom, you will cause the camp of hell to be so agitated that they got to have a board meeting. Yeah. How in the world? How in the world did they avoid that distraction landmine? How in the world did they get past my demonic security? Yeah. How in the world did that divorce not take them out? How in the world did that betrayal not take them out? How in the world did that backstabbing not take them out? Why aren't those rumors discouraging her? We know she's sensitive. Yeah. How in the world did he turn down that sexual temptation? He was just fornicating six months ago. What's happening? Yeah. He used to watch porn six weeks ago. Yeah. How in the world has she got to a place where she's not responding to the clapback under that status? Yeah. What happened? We're losing our grip. How in the world do they still have faith and they got laid off? I'm confused. How in the world do they still have faith and they got a negative doctor's report? I'm confused. How in the world do they still have faith in the midst of COVID? I'm confused. Yes. How do they have faith in the middle of a pandemic? Yes. I'm confused. It's because my faith is not tied to my circumstance. My faith is tied to my thankfulness. Yes. Listen, the way you thank dictates the way you think yes. did y'all hear what i just yes. said yes. the way you think determines the way you think yes. and so i have to get to a place where god i thank you that you saved me yes. i'm thankful that you're not a god of a second chance but chance after chance after chance after chance after chance i'm thankful that you saw me as worth dying for and because i'm thankful god i'm gonna stand up for the kingdom yes. somebody say standards standards listen yeah. you know um, when Jerry told me that, you know, this is the, the topic that he, that, you know, God was leading him, uh, us to talk about, I was like, I have so many personal um, experiences in my life where I felt like my standards have been challenged, you know, because standards definitely give you that kingdom divide, you know what I'm saying? Mm. It gives you that, um, that, that separation, I mean, because we are supposed to be set apart, and I think... Um, when you don't understand why you have kingdom standards, then you, then you won't really understand what we're doing and talking about today. If you don't right. have a why, if you don't have a reason as to why you do certain things, because I know um, a lot of what happened, and not at every church, but a lot of what happened in, in, in the older church, I would say, 
is it was a lot of judgmental, you know, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do, don't do this, but there was never a why as oh. to you, you know, that you don't do this because. Yeah. And so um I can I can recall uh I'm just gonna give a few transparent moments if that's okay. Um I can recall when um I was back in college, um, eons ago. It's about 15 years ago. They don't know that. Um, uh, there was this show on BET called College Hill. And I got selected for this reality show to be on this, um, on this show for like, you know. It was somebody, like, somebody right now is like, that's why I know her so, from. So, um, yeah, it was like super long time ago. It was like the second season. And, you know, they, they picked like these eight um, college students to kind of live in this house together. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, tape all of their experiences. And so um, I remember when I signed up for it, I was like, Lord, should I do this? Cause it was this big thing. Or like, oh my God, BET's on campus. What are we gonna do? Like, you know, it's, you know, and in Langston, Oklahoma, Langston University, shout out to LU. Um, it was like in the middle of nowhere. So it was like a big deal for like BET to be, you know, choosing Langston. Yeah. So, um, I was like, yeah, I don't know. And everybody wanted to be on the show, right? Everybody wanted to be on it. And so I was like, yeah, I don't know. And at that point in my life, I was really, really serious about my walk with Christ all through college. And so I was like, I don't know if I'm going to sign up. And I had professors and I had people telling me, like, no, Tanisha, they need somebody like you on the show. Like, I think you should really do it. And I remember I went to go get the application. I took it home. I filled it out and I prayed. I was like, well, God, if this is something that you want me to do, then let them pick me. You know, if not, then Lord, you know, I don't want to be picked for it. You know, because I, I really want to represent you and, and, and be a light to right. whoever, you know, I'm in this house with, if this is your will. I turn the application in, they start narrowing down people, right? And then I've got, it's like the top 20 and then they do these interviews and then, you know, long story short, I get picked for the show. So throughout my tenure on the show, you know, I was known as the, you know, they tried to paint this picture of me as like the religious fanatic and I never ever did that um, But I'm thankful that People still had that view of me because I I would rather be viewed and I'm not I never was a religious fanatic But I would I, I wanted people to at least know what side I was on right right and so I can remember one particular episode that I was in the house and the whole everybody wanted to go to the club and I was like I'm not going to the club y'all gotta have fun with that, you know and they really legit started making fun of me. And I'll never forget it because I knew that I was trying to live holy and I knew that I was trying to live righteous. And I knew like if I was to compromise on this and if I was going, if I was going to be like, okay, well, I'll do this. Then what type of message would I be sending to everybody on national television mm -hmm. that, you know, the, the one person in this house that's trying to live for God, she's going to just fold like that easily. Yeah. And so what you said about suffering, you know, anything that you stand for, you have to be willing to suffer for it. I remember they were really talking about me mm -hmm. and they were really making fun of me to the point where I went. I remember going to my room and crying about it because I was like, God, I'm trying to live for you. And these people are making fun of me. And then my mother had to remind me, you know, they, they talked about Jesus. So they're going to talk about you. Right. But when it was all said and done at the end of the show, I can remember the last episode that one of the girls on there, she said, you know, Tanisha, we watched you and we were making fun of you and we're talking about you and we were waiting for you to break. Hmm. I will never forget this. She says, we were waiting for you to break. She said, but she said, you stood your ground and I tipped my hat to you. 
And so I can remember, like, once you make the decision to stand for Christ, the enemy and the world and culture, there's all of those voices are going to want to try to be your model and try to, to pull you away and, and, to, and to snatch you away. But if you have to have a standard because you have to remember there's a bigger and a greater picture. Yeah. And you have to have a why. I, my why was, like, I don't want for people to think that I'm, like, I'm living a comp compromised life because when people see me, I want them to see a reflection of Christ. Yeah. And when you have a standard, that's why, that's why the title of this, you never apologize for having standards. Yes. Never, because when people see you, you want them to see Christ. Yeah. You want them to see God. No, I'm not claiming to be perfect, not that I didn't make mistakes in my life and I didn't fall short, but I knew that that was my, I knew that at that point in my life, and from that point on, even when I did make mistakes, I'm like, God, I want people to see you. Yeah. And, and, and I think the problem is people, they, they don't want to suffer, so they don't adopt that why. Like, mm. you have to be willing to be talked about. You have to be willing to be like, you know what? I'm okay with you not inviting me to that. I mean, this other, another example for me, I was at work, so fast forward to me, you know, being super grown, you know, working in, 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 uh, in, uh, as a teacher, and I had a coworker, and we're friends, you know, it was all love, but she used to call me Holy Ghost. She'd be like, hey, Holy Ghost. And I'm like, okay, well, I'd rather you call me Holy Ghost than heathen. You know, like, I, and I actually said that to her, and she wanted me to go to happy hour uh, with her, and um. I was like, I'm sorry, I, I, can't, I can't go to happy hour. I said, we can go to lunch and you know, hang out, but that's not something I choose to be, you know, I, 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 that's, that's just a choice that I'm choosing to set for my life. And yeah. I had to be okay with that. Yeah. Um, even when she would try to tease me, like I said, it was all cool. We were, we were work friends and everything. Um, but I had to be okay with, with people not inviting me to stuff. I had to be okay with saying, hey, they can talk about me, but I'm choosing to make the standard. Why? Because I want people to see Christ. And I want, to, I want people to see that I am set apart and that I can't conform. We, you know, I can love you and I can, I can talk to you and we can be cordial, but I can't conform to a certain types of things because I want to be a light to you. Right. And so I had to choose not to do certain things and go certain places right. because I wanted to set that standard. And I think as, as a woman, a lot of people think that, oh, you know, never apologize for having standards is, is always set to relationships. And right. I mean, naturally, because we talk about relationships, you know, people might think that that's all it applies to. But when you have a standard in Christ, you have a standard of, I, I choose to not live a certain lifestyle. And yeah. if you're not taught why? Then it can come across as judgmental. It can come across as, oh, you're being holier than thou. Oh, it, it can come across as like, it don't take all that. It, it, it can come across as like, man, like, you, you, how you gonna have fun? Like, what, is, is God boring? Like, no, when you have a why as to, you know, like, I do this because. Yeah. Like, your Christianity has to have a why. And I think the problem is a lot of Christians, they get weary or they get discouraged or they fall off because they haven't really understood their why. They're following these principles or they're following these steps or they're following these rules and saying, okay, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Okay? But you haven't adopted this why I don't do this. Okay? Yeah. For example, when my child crosses the street, I say, I say look both ways. Mm -hmm. You know... I tell them why, because you don't want to get hit by a car because it's dangerous, 
okay? So the reason why God doesn't want us to do certain things and he wants us to have a certain standard of life and living because certain things are dangerous to us, dangerous to our soul, dangerous to our thoughts, dangerous to uh, uh, what we say, what we think, how we live. Like there's certain things that are dangerous. So he has these standards for us to live by to keep us safe. Yeah. But if you don't understand why you do it, then you will get discouraged. Then you will be like, man, I'm just about to live my best life. Forget all this stuff. Or, you know, I, I, I don't know why the church, you know, that's why people don't want to come to church now. Because, you know, we're doing all this stuff and people not explaining to us why. If you understand your why and if you fall in love with Jesus, yeah. like if you truly fall in love with Jesus, like when you are intimate with, my, like when I am intimate with my husband, I get it's, I get to know him at a deeper level. And so I understand and our communication is greater because of our intimacy. So when you fall in love with Jesus, your intimacy and your understanding level is greater. And you have a why as to you, a why and a reason as to why you don't do certain things. You're not abstinent because, you know, the, you know I, I'm just, I got to keep my legs closed because the mothers in the church told me to. No, you're abstinent because you love God because your body belongs to God, period. Your life is a, is, is a living sacrifice. You're a living epistle. You don't do it just, you know, to follow this ritual. You do it because you love God and you Talk. want to present your life as a living sacrifice to him. And, then, and, and, and God commands us to do so because we're supposed to be holy and we're supposed to be pure and yeah. we're supposed to be righteous. Yeah. Because that's what, that, that's what your standard is because you're a Christian. Because I think what people think is if you have certain standards, you deserve something. Like we, we, yeah. we, we, we it's like we're doing God a favor. Let's, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, let's, let's dig into that. Let's, I, I want to dig into that for um, a particular reason. Um, two things. I understand that a lot of times there are certain, I'm going to just be honest, right now we're about to get uncomfortable. Okay. Right. So you're about to have an uncomfortable conversation that we need to have. I think a lot of times certain ministries and certain churches are catering to women so much and you hear the message about waiting to be found and you know her practicing purity and lady and waiting lady and waiting i think many times the reason sometimes people focus so much on the women versus the men is because they're trying to capitalize off your loneliness exactly they try to get profit off of your loneliness okay we are fully aware and those that have really followed the ministry know that I'm big on, okay, if we keep on talking about her waiting to be found right. and uh, her, you know, preparing to be a wife, but we don't have some content and some information about him being husband material, yeah. about him understanding that submission is not demanded, it's modeled, that he, he needs to understand that no woman wants to follow a man who's not being led mm-hmm. because there's no telling where you can take me. Right. I need you to have some, some consistency, bruh, because yeah. inconsistencies and being inconsistent heightens anxiety. And I don't want to have a covenant where I walk around filled with anxiety. We hit that. We understand that. But this is what what I'm seeing a lot of, and I want you to touch it because you're a woman. There are a lot of women who are now questioning their faith, questioning their belief, even questioning the church. Because they feel as though I was taught to be pure. I was taught to keep my legs closed. I was taught to be holy. And I thought... Because I did this, it was going to have me married by this time. And it was going to have me married by this time. So really, I'm doing this because 
if I keep my legs closed, I should get a husband by such and such. Right, right. I should get his arrival by such and such. Right. And what we're trying to get you to understand is you have a standard because you're standing for the kingdom. Period. Let me mess you up. The only thing that you deserve. Yes. Come on. Make sure you get on me real good. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that you deserve. Yeah. The only thing that I deserve. The only thing that this beautiful woman of God deserves right. is hell right. and death. Right. Did y'all hear what I said? That's what we deserve. The only thing that we deserve is wrath. Yeah. Hell and death. So you know what that means? When you breathe, you blessed. Yes. When you wake up, you blessed. Yes. When you walk in, you're blessed. Right. When you have a job, you blessed. Yes. If you don't have one, you are right. blessed. Right. And so what we need to understand is sometimes just because we don't have something yes. does not mean we're not blessed. Yes. What you deserve is hell and death. Yes. Anything outside of that is a blessing. Yes. So you don't practice abstinence because you think that God's going to give you a husband. Right. This is why you're so frustrated because it's really not a standard. It's a suggestion. It's a suggestion. All right. Yes. Touch on that a little I bit. Mean, and, and, and that's so good because a lot of women, I, I remember we got this message one time from this, from this lady and it was a really, and she was, she was mad. She was like, you know what? And I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Yes. She was like, you know what? I should have just been a hoe. Mm -hmm. And she said this all, this all in this message. She's like, I should have just been a hoe because, you know, I lived all this life pure. And, you know, the, the, you know because the, the, these women told me, you know, in the mm. church that I'm supposed to do this. And by this time, you know, I should get married. And I just should have been, I just should have went out there. And I just should have been a hoe because, you know, I've been waiting all this life, all this time. And God still hasn't blessed me with the husband. Talk. And it's just like. Your your uh your standard and when I messaged her back, I was like, so you would rather just sin and then deal with the repercussions instead of wait instead of doing just what the Bible commands you to do because you're supposed to? Because I can guarantee you, if you talk to all the women that did not wait, they would come to you and say, I wish I would have waited. Yeah. Okay, I wish I would have waited instead of going ahead. And doing my thing and was a hoe, okay. And now I'm dealing with all these uh, these uh, so, these emotional ties. Now I'm yeah. dealing all with, with all these wounds and all this brokenness and all this hurt at, heartache and all this pain because I didn't wait because I didn't listen, okay. Mm. And so clearly, um, I was explaining to her she did not have a why. You were doing this because they told you to, but you didn't really fall in love with God. Like really, our our, our standards is an appreciation. We do, we have these standards because we appreciate how good God has been to us. Yeah. Because we appreciate how awesome he's been. Because yeah. we appreciate how much he's kept us and how much he's saved us and how, how much he's redeemed our lives from destruction. Yeah. Like we have standards because we are like, God, I appreciate who you've been to me. Yeah. And I want to do everything within my power, Lord God, to show you, Lord, I appreciate who you've been to me. So yeah. I'm going to live the way that you asked me to according to your word, not because I'm going to get something in return, but yeah. because you've already given me the return. Yeah. You've already been the sacrifice. You've already been the blessing because you, you covered me with your blood and you oh. gave me your grace and you gave me your mercy. So the, you've given me the return. My whole life is really payback to you. Yeah. So like, so I think we have the stand, we have this, this thing misconstrued like we're doing God a favor. Right. God did us a favor. Right. And we, and, 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 and our whole lives, everything that we do and that we say is, is, is,
is returning. Like, God, I want to give everything back to you. Right. So whatever it is that you don't want me to do, whatever it is that you don't want me to say, well, however it is you w- uh, want me to live, I'm going to hold that standard. Whether yeah. it's what I watch, what I listen to, who I talk to, what I drink, what I eat, what I wear, like everything, God, I want my life to be completely pleasing to you. And that's my standard because I love you. So good. Because I love you. And yeah. I and I and 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 the blessing is I have life. Yeah. Right? The blessing is I have life. Yeah. Okay? Those are my blessings. Yeah. That I have life and that you have given me this life to live here on this earth to live for you yeah. and to tell others about you. Yeah. That is our why. Yeah. That is our why. Not because you think you're going to get something. Yes, God gives us blessing. Yeah. Yes, marriage is a blessing. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that marriage is not a blessing, yeah. but it's not like, okay, God is like, okay, she lived holy for 14 years. All right, bam, I'm yeah. giving her a husband. Yeah. No, that's not a promise from God. You live holy because God commands us to live holy. Okay, yeah. we don't get drunk because God commands us not to get drunk. Okay, yeah. we, have, we live our lives a certain way because God commands us to do so. Because if we don't, or if we do rather, then, then our lives get poured in with all of this destruction. Yeah. And then the enemy comes in and tries to, to, uh, to make it even worse. So it's really protection. Yeah. Our standards that we live by and that God wants us to live by is protection. Yeah. Let me, and, go ahead. Let me, let me add something to that so that we can understand it. Um, marriage is a calling. Okay? You, you have to understand this because rather you screw up or not, if it's something that God needs for you to have for yeah. your assignment, yes. you're going to get it. Yeah. Did you hear what I just said? Right. Standards put you in position. That's good. Okay? Not having standards takes you out of position and prolongs the process. Right. Okay? Yeah. You have to understand this. Wisdom literally can take years off of a process. Right. <laughs> right. The fact that you have wisdom, it, it empowers you. There's some pitfalls I don't have to experience. Yes. There's some pain I never, ever have to feel if I live a life of wisdom. And when you have standards, it puts you in position to avoid certain things that you don't have to get hit by. So when you're like, I'm doing this for this, you got to understand this. If this is a a part of your flight plans, you're going to get married either way it goes. There are some people that didn't do it right. God still bless them. You know it. You're watching this message. There's some things that you did not do right, but God still blessed you. Right, right. The fact that you're breathing, you're blessed. Right. And and can I say this? I think the problem is some of us are so self-righteous. Talk. Right? we like, okay, well, she doesn't deserve this or he doesn't deserve this. Because they didn't do it this way. Listen, we are all ratchet without the blood of Jesus. <laughs> some people we ratchet all, with the listen, blood. <laughs> man, some people ratchet with the blood. But listen, without the blood of Jesus, we all on we all on the same plane. Okay, once you're covered, he views the virgin, okay, and the person that fornicated, as long as they're covered with the blood, he views them the same way. Yeah. Because they're covered in the blood of Jesus. Yeah. Once your life has been redeemed and you're covered with the blood, remember he remembers he remembers those sins those sins no more. But the, but there's wisdom. Yeah. Following the principles from the beginning. Yeah. And Jesus gave a parable when um, one person was working for him. They came in early in the morning. Then somebody else came in late. And at the end of the day, they all got a denarian. And Jesus all gave them the call. It was like, listen, I thought I would have more. Right. Because I've been here all day. Right. And it was like, uh, listen, you did your part, bro. Yeah. <laughs> here you go. Yes. 
And I think we have to understand, as long as we represent the kingdom. That's not right. Like, see, listen, listen. You cannot say standard without saying stand. Come on. So the question I think we have to ask ourselves is, what am I standing for? Okay, we're going to help somebody. What am I standing for? And am I willing to suffer for what I'm standing for? Or let me change your perspective. Maybe you're not stagnant, you're seated. That's good. Maybe the reason you're so frustrated is because you're seated. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the reason you're so jealous is because you're seated. Uh oh. Yeah, yeah. Maybe the reason you're so petty is because you're seated. Yeah. Maybe the reason you're so bitter is because you're seated. Yeah. You got to understand this. Standing positions you to enhance your reach. Yeah. Standards have it to where I could reach what God wants me to have. Now, remember, a standard puts us in position. Right. Let's show him this real quick, okay? okay? I want to show you guys something real quick. Okay. So he's getting this ladder here, and we're going to do this illustration to show you um, what it looks like um, when you are, you know, seated when you could be standing, okay? Faith taking the seat, belief taking the seat. Now, y'all got to get this. Look, Jesus says, I come in the volume of the book, all right? Yeah. So when Jesus says he comes, I'm in the volume of the book, this means the whole word of God, it's all about me. You can find me New Testament, Old Testament, it's all about me. I come in the volume of the book, okay? So we have to understand, we can see Jesus in the Old Testament as the lamb's blood on the doorpost. That's symbolic of Jesus. When God told Moses, okay, this is what I need you to do. Put a serpent on a pole, and everybody who looks up to the serpent, they're going to be healed. Now, what is a serpent? It is a cursed beast, and Jesus became a curse for us. Yeah. He comes in the volume of the book. Yes. I want to show you this passage, and I want to show you this scripture, all right? Um, it says in Genesis 28, verse 10, it says, Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place, and he put it at his head, and he laid down in that place to sleep. Then he had a dream, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven, and there were angels of God ascending and descending on it. Jesus is Jacob's ladder. He is the bridge so that man could get to heaven and earth can get to... He is Jacob's ladder, so now this is how we have access to heaven. Heaven gets to earth, and earth gets to heaven. Let your yes. will be done in earth as it is in heaven. There is yes. only one mediator. There's only one means. Jesus yes. is that ladder. Somebody say ladder. Ladder. So this, this, this is what I believe it looks like when you don't have standards, okay? This is going to be symbolic of the ladder. Everybody say ladder. Ladder. Jesus is Jacob's ladder. Now, this woman of God... I have plans for her life. Y'all see all these plans? These are all symbolic of plans. I have plans for her life. I'm like, okay, I want you to launch a ministry, and I'm going to blow on it. I'm going to have my anointing on this thing. I'm going to flood this. It's going to be undeniable. Anybody want a message like that? It's going to be undeniable God's hand is on this. Yeah. Now, I want you to try to grab it. Grab it. Why you can't reach it? Because I'm sitting down. Hmm. Is it that I'm not trying to bless you? No. Is it that I'm trying to tempt you and I'm waving in your face and letting other people get married before you and no. let other people's platforms grow, uh, grow before you no. and, and I'm not blessing you with a house and no. I'm not blessing you with health and strength? I'm trying to give it to you, but what's the problem? I'm sitting down. I can't reach it. Hmm. Your faith is taking a back seat. Hmm. Your belief is taking a back seat. Hmm. 
Your convictions have taken a back seat. Right. Your prayer life has taken a back seat. Listen. Your intimacy with me has taken a back seat. Your down. passion has taken a back seat. Your service has taken a back seat. Yes. Listening to the Holy Spirit has taken a back seat. Mm-hmm. And so now this is the thing. You can't say standard without saying what? Stand. All right. Let's see you stand. Now, give me some worship. Hallelujah. God, I bless you. God, I honor you. God, I worship you. Lord God, you're the only one and true living God. Lord, Reach I give up. you all honor and praise. I love you so much. Reach up. Was that hard? No. But what happened? You got in what? Worship. There you go. Now, when you lift your hands and worship, look, I got more stuff to give you. Hallelujah. God, I bless your name. So I'm trying to give her everything that I had planned for her life. Hallelujah. Because she's standing. Y'all see this? It's not hard because she has a standard. She's able to reach all the stuff that I'm doing, all the plans I have for you to bless your children and their children and their children and your children. And I'm ready to bless you. I'm here for you. I just want to please you, God. That's all. Now, look, something happened. This is why hell wants us to get discouraged because it wants to knock the wind out of you sit back down and so now have you ever hit a place in your life where you're like man i just don't feel the the presence of god anymore (laughs) i feel like i'm so distant from god I, i i just don't feel like man we used to be so close it's because the enemy has allowed something to happen in your life that has caused your faith to sit back down wow but i've never stopped I'm still here ready to give you blessings. I'm still here trying to give you my voice. I'm still here trying to bless your family. But the problem is you don't have a standard. And since you're not standing for anything, you're not getting anything. And what we're trying to get people to understand is when you have standards... You position yourself to get blessed. And what we're trying to get you to see in this message, stand back up. When you have a standard of, I'm not fornicating. She hardly has to stand everything. It's just right here. Thank I'm you. living holy. Yes. I'm not getting faded. Yes. Hallelujah. I don't care what y'all think. Y'all can make fun of me. And look, the blessings are abundant. Thank you, Jesus. She's living in the overflow. Yes. Hallelujah. I have more than enough to bless her with. Right. Because she has a standard. That's good. That's good. Girl, <laughs> that wasn't good. That was powerful. <laughs> talking about that's good no that was that was awesome great job baby <laughs> i felt some type of way about no, that that's, that's good, good. Well, i'm sorry i'm just basking i'm just basking in the in the illustration you can't get it unless you stand and you know guys i i think that if we really understand on top of that like this is already on top of salvation <laughs> this is already on top of grace and mercy and love and forgiveness and redemption yeah. like he gives us on top of that you know, blessings on top of already saving us. Hmm. And all he's asking us is to have a standard of living. Like, we have to remember that we are living epistles. And, I mean, no matter how old, how young, you know, I mean, this is a standard. Like, you have to have a lifestyle of living the standard. Okay? And I think, and, and the crazy thing is, it should be the older that you get, the more, the stronger your convictions become. That's how it should be. But sometimes people do grow weary in well-doing. Um, and, and, and at that point, you do have to reevaluate why, I do, why, why do I do what I do? Yeah. Like, why am I living this thing? Reevaluate yeah. your why. Like, okay, I am on this earth to please God. Sometimes yeah. you do have to be like, God, I, I am discouraged. Lord, I am getting weary. Lord, I've been trying to live holy or live righteous. You know, I really don't feel like 
um, anybody is, is uh, living this life along with me. I may feel like I'm alone, but that's when you do go back to that place and like, God, help me, Lord, uh, to, to really understand my why, why I'm here, why I'm doing this, yeah. why, you know, why, why I'm in this place that I'm in, yeah. what, what you've called me to do. Remind me, oh God, of why I'm doing this, yeah. why I'm doing this, because my life, because we have to remember like that self-righteous thing. We have to remember we can't be selfish because we are not on this earth for ourselves. Yeah. We have to remember that everything that we do is for God and for others to be led to the kingdom of God. Yeah. Everything that we do. So your life is an epistle. And somebody else, like we said earlier in the message, you know, what type of Bible are they reading when they look at you? Yeah. Like when, when people look at me, I don't want them to see a distorted view. Yeah. I want like I know I'm not ever going to be perfect, but I definitely want to be a good representation. Like I want the version that they get when they see me. I'm like, I want it. I want it to be pretty accurate. Yeah. Like you don't want it to be fictitious. You know, I mean, you don't want to give a false, you know, a representation of who God is. Yeah. And, and that is what it takes. That's what at that point, that's what comes your own personal walk with Christ so he can give you your own personal convictions because yeah. if you just do it because somebody else tells you to and you never adopt your own personal whys, mm -hmm. then, then you will get discouraged sometimes. You will get annoyed and you, and you will fall short and you will, you know, mess up. I mean, we all mess up, but you will, it'll be easier for you to go that way because you're doing it because somebody else told you to yeah. instead of adopting it for yourself. Okay, yeah. and no matter, like I said, if you're a baby Christian, if you just came into the faith, or whether you've been in this for a long time, like the lady that messaged me, she was like, I have been a Christian for years and years and years, but she had gotten to this point because she had listened to all these church mothers all these years, but yeah. never adopted a why. She was yeah. just going through the motions, yeah. and a lot of us have just been going through the motions of Christianity, yeah. but never have developed a love relationship with Jesus Christ. Because when you develop a love relationship with Jesus Christ and all of its entirety and all of its fullness, then you have reasons as to why. And you and and, and when people question it, you can explain it. I do yeah. this because. Yeah. Like I do this because I live this way because. Yeah. You know, you don't do, you don't, you know, and when somebody, I'm just doing it because, you know, I remember in a, I was in a class one time and this one uh, sister was saying, you know what, I just... You know, I, I just got saved because I didn't want to go to hell. <laughs> you know, because that's what I mean. That's what the that's what the church mothers told that that's just like I got saved because I didn't want to go to hell. But nobody really explained yeah. all of that to her until you know until she got into the knowledge of Christ for herself. Right. And some of you are just going through the motions, and maybe yeah. you know, maybe you're like, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and fast, or I'm gonna go ahead and pray, I'm gonna go ahead and try. You know, I'm gonna jump on this purity train or yeah. or whatever. You know, you're doing it. You know, ritualistically, and that's a good start. But when you grow and grow deeper in Christ, and you're like I said, the older you go, get, your convictions and your standards should be stronger, and you should be, you know, stand by them firmer. Yeah. But if you never establish your why at the beginning, or you never discover it through the journey, then you're gonna be in it for years and years, and then you're gonna get to that point where you want to just like forget this. Yeah. I'm about to just, you know, do yeah. me. Yeah, Peter, Peter and John had to get to a place where they were like, we don't care if you persecute us. We don't care if you throw us in prison. We don't care if you talk about us. There has been such a transformation that has hit my life that there is nothing that you could say that will stop me. This is why in verse 20, they said, we cannot 
but speak of the things that we've seen and we've heard. And what we're trying to convince you to understand on tonight is you got to have something that causes for your faith to be solid. Yes. That's good. Because once it gets tested, once you go through, once right. you have COVID seasons, once you have pandemics, right. this is exposing spiritual depth. Yes. That's good. And and I have to have a standard. We're yes. not talking about just relational. No. But if you have a standard, it will help you in your relationship. Yes. Absolutely. When I met this woman of God, I had a standard like, okay, I'm going to be pure. Yeah. I know what God has called me to be, right. so I'm only looking for somebody who has similar standards. Right. A lot of us don't even recognize the people that you are calling compatible. Y'all just have similar dysfunction. Right. Not similar standards. Yeah. It shouldn't be you just saying, hey, we wait in the marriage. He should be leading in it because Absolutely. we have similar, similar standards. Right. All right. So we kind of want to share this with you and get out of your way. Um, number one. If you're going to have a standard, let's get the first letter, S. A standard is when you have a substitution. Right. I have substituted my will for God's will. Yes. It may not feel good, substitution. Right. I may not like it, substitution. Right. It may hurt, substitution. Yes. I'm standing before you now, all man, letting you know there were some times I cried because of my standards. Yes. But I got to a place where God, I'm making a substitution with my flesh for your spirit. Yes. I'm making the substitution of cussing this heifer clean out with holding my tongue. Right. Substitution. Right. Right. If you're going to have to, if you're going to have a standard, you have to have substitution. Yes. Somebody drop substitution. Substitution. Number two, if I'm going to have standards, I'm going to have to train. That's good. Train yourself to be godly. Yeah. The same way you train for a marathon or you train for a boxing match, you got to train yourself. The number one way to do this, we've been saying this all throughout the Try Me series, right. is fasting. Yeah, fasting I'm prayer. Right. I'm training myself yeah. because there's going to be times when I'm tempted. It could be something as small as no sweets for the rest of the month. What are you doing? I'm training myself that when I really want something, my body is not my master. Deny it. I'm training myself deny to deny myself, right. to teach my body, you don't run this, bruh. Right. You don't run this, sis. Yes. It is about God getting glorified, and right. the number one way we could train in that form is through fasting. And that helps to um, establish and strengthen your standards all the more. Yeah. So, when, so when you get past that season, you can help somebody else along the way and right. then you can like say hey you know what I, I i suffered through this i know what it's like mm -hmm. i've been through this and yeah. you can give them your why and then they can understand it because once again we're living epistles and we are to be examples of other to other people what standards should be mm -hmm. and why we have our standards yeah and if you're training for anything you're gonna suffer <laughs> right if you're training for a marathon you're gonna suffer and i've, I've actually done a, i did a half marathon uh, and I remember, it was years ago, and I remember I crossed that finish line. It's like my whole body <laughs> broke down. I'm not joking. But yeah. I felt so accomplished mm -hmm. when I did it. And that training was hard. I was yeah. training in Oklahoma. I hate the cold. Mm -hmm. I, listen, I loathe being cold, y'all. I hate it. But I would get up at 5 in the morning with my mentor and she was really pushing me to do this, okay? And it was painful. But then when I when the results of all the weight that I lost, the results of you know I just felt better at myself, better about myself. I was I had more energy when I got up in the morning. So yes, you suffer through it, but you're, the results at you get results yeah. at the end, yeah. you know. Train, substitute, train, a application. 
You know why a lot of us are frustrated? Because we have a whole lot of information. And we expect all this transformation yeah. because you got all this information. Yeah. You signed up for this purity movement. You signed up for this movement. You right. signed up for this Bible class. You got all this information. Yeah. And you wonder why you don't see the transformation. Yeah. It's because you have no application. Right. <laughs> right. If I don't have application, right. okay, if you have a standard and you recognize somebody comes your way and they're going to cause for you to compromise your standard, right. you have to then apply the fact that I've been training and I substitute my will for God's will. I'm going to apply that right now. Right. And yes, it may hurt. Yes, he may be gorgeous. Yes, this may be a lot of money. Yes, she may have more curves than the highway. But I have made my mind up to train myself to be godly. And I have substituted my will for God's will. So I'm going to apply this. That's good. Application. All right. Number four, in no. Some of us need to say that a lot more. Strengthen your no. Yes. When you have Plain standards. Plain and simple, man. No. When you have standards, you're going to say no, no a lot. No, I'm not doing a lot. that. No, no, I'm, I'm not, not doing that. There. No, I ain't going there. No, I'm not saying that. No, I'm, no, not, I'm not going not over there. That. No, I'm not wearing that. No, I'm you not know? hitting them back. Yeah. No, we can't go out to eat. Yeah. No, I'm not coming over your apartment. Yeah. No, I did. Yes. Matter of fact, yes, I did get your uh, text message, but no, I'm not calling you back. No, no, I'm not having this conversation with you because it's not fruitful. You know, no, I'm not doing this. And and we have to remember standards are your entire lifestyle. It's not just in a relationship form. It's just it's the it's the ways in which you choose in which you have decided to live for Christ in every aspect of the word in every area. OK, yeah. and how you think and how you talk and how you dress. I mean, it's, it's a whole lifestyle that you have chosen to live by pleasing to God. Yeah. And the last one, D, discipline. Amen. Discipline. Discipline is the diet of the next level. If y'all notice this, it's spelled stand. Substitute, train, yeah. application, no, discipline. Yeah. Discipline. Yeah. Discipline. There's somebody watching this message on the night, and what we're trying to get you to understand is maybe you're not stuck. Maybe everything that you're feeling is because you don't really have a solid standard. There's nothing in your life that you have substituted for God's will. There's nothing in your life that you're like, I'm training for and I'm applying this and I've strengthened my no and I'm having discipline in every area of my life. And so now you're frustrated. Or could it be you're frustrated because you thought if I have these standards, God would give me this. We're not doing this so that God can give us something. We're doing this because God has already gave us everything. Yes, everything. And so our proper response is to stand for the kingdom. Yes, yes, our proper response. That's so good. We're here tonight. We're here tonight saying, listen, we're willing to stand for the kingdom of God. If you make fun of us, that's okay. If we get ridiculed, that's okay. If we get mocked, that's okay. If people have something sharp or negative to say, that's okay. But guess what? I'm still standing. I'm still standing, and I'm not bowing to any golden image. I'm not bowing to your likes. Right. I'm not bowing for your, your right. acceptance. I'm not bowing for your approval. Right. Because I'm standing because there's something bigger that I'm standing for. Yeah, it's greater than me. It's greater than me. And your why has to be bigger yes. and greater than yourself. If you don't have it, you'll stay seated. So, Father God, we pray, strengthen us to be able to substitute our will for yours. And we know, 
God, that if we train ourselves to be God, train ourselves to be godly, that's the true reward. And help us, oh God, even in the difficult times of our life, to apply your word, to apply what we've heard, so that we can strengthen our know when temptation comes. And you're requiring for us to be disciplined because this discipline is the diet of the next level. It's about being the most consistent. Consistent with holding up our standards. Help us, oh God, be standard bearers. So just like in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, they'll take note that we've been with Jesus and we can't help but stand for the kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.